If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cats at night. Now here's John Katsimatidis. Let's go. Uh, we Right now we have... Uh, Professor Alan Dershowitz, a leading constitutional lawyer in the country, Harvard Law School emeritus. Did I say that correctly? Emeritus. Emeritus. I always say it wrong. The leading voice in the support of Israel in his latest book, his 50th book, I believe, The Price of Principle, Why Integrity is Worth the Consequences. Welcome back to Cats at Night, Professor Judge Weinberg, what do you have for uh, Alan Dershowitz? Professor Dershowitz, I, I want to talk about the elephant in the room. Nobody's talking about it. But the more you watch President Biden and his inability to... Uh, comprehend the situations and to articulate. I'm very concerned. Is it time to start looking at the 25th Amendment to the Constitution? No, it's not even close. First of all, the 25th Amendment is for a really total disability. It was based on Woodrow Wilson's stroke uh, or, you know, some president being shot and lingering. It's not based on, you know, a president. I don't any of you remember President Eisenhower. I don't know if any of you are old enough. Uh, he was a great president, but he, you know, couldn't articulate a sentence. He was he had a great deal of difficulty with his words. And compared to Adlai Stevenson, for example, who he ran against, who was so incredibly verbal. But uh, he was a he was a great president. And of course, Ronald Reagan in the last years of his presidency, there were questions about him as well. 25th Amendment was designed really for something else. And and the proof of it is that in order to invoke it, you have your own cabinet. It can't be the, the other side invoking it the way impeachment can be done. It has to be your side, your people, the people you trust the most invoking it. So I think we're pretty far away from the 25th Amendment. And we have an election. Uh, the people will determine uh, because, you know, Joe Biden is up for election this year, too, uh, not directly, but his presidency is going to determine a lot of people's votes. Professor, this is Craig Eaton. But even when you watch him, when it's getting progressively worse. My concern is, can the country survive the next two years with a president like Joe Biden? Well, I think it can. And, um, you know, I, I have a different assessment of him. I've known him for now 42 years. And when I first met him campaigning for president, for, for then Senator Ted Kennedy, who was running for president against Jimmy Carter, some of the same issues were evident uh, back then. Now, of course, when you get older, things get more serious but but i just don't think he's at that point yet where we have to worry about governing um the country i think he's making his decisions um some right some wrong uh but we need stability we don't want to become like england where they've had how many prime ministers in the last few weeks or israel where every week they seem to be having a new election Uh, stability is really important and uh, we're having an election probably the house of representatives will turn to republicans and uh We'll have a split, probably have a divided government. And, uh, you know, that's what the famous... Jim Allen, uh, this is David Patterson. The other time that the 25th Amendment is invoked, as I remember it, 
reading it is that when a president's having surgery or is unconscious at a period of time. There's no question about that. When you have, I mean, even a colonoscopy, you're under for a couple of hours. You have to be replaced. But that's done automatically with the consent of the president. The other part of the 25th Amendment is over the objection of the president when his cabinet says no. And he says he says, I'm fine. And then it goes to a vote. It's a complex mechanism. And it's very, very difficult to use. I don't think it will ever be used in a situation like this one. I think it's really reserved for the extreme situation where there's not even a plausible ability to uh, to govern. And it should never be used in a partisan way Professor, uh, because it can't be weaponized. Yeah. Professor Dershowitz, uh, what do you think? The, you know, we have an election coming up in 14 days. Yeah. Um, any, any any gut feelings of what your concerns are, what happens in the world? Are you, you think everything is going to go right with uh, absentee ballots and et cetera, et cetera? I'm very worried. I get worried very much about absentee ballots. I worry about um, electronic voting. I'm involved in some cases challenging some of those issues. We have to have a situation where every American is satisfied that the result is fair. Right now, look, I think the result of the last presidential election was fair, but something like 30 percent of Americans think it's not. And there's, that's not a good situation. So the companies that do the electronic voting have to be transparent. They have to be willing to put their mechanisms on public view so that people can analyze them. And we have to have more of a debate about whether or not absentee ballots should become as routinized as they are. When I was growing up and when all of you folks were, an absentee ballot, that was for the Army. If you were serving abroad, if you were a diplomat, or if you were in the hospital. But today, many people vote absentee and vote by mail, and there are risks there. So we have to balance the benefits against the risks. But the important thing is for people to be completely confident that the results are fair. We don't have that at this point. Alan, it's Tony Carbonetti. Can, can I ask you a question? Why do we have to be computerized? You know, well, we, we all know that anything yeah. can be hacked. We've seen it. We've seen them turn cars off uh, at these these hack shows they have around the country. They've seen them turn a car off, turn a car on on the highway. They can hack into your bank account. Why do we have to be computerized? It's an election. I completely completely agree. And if we're going to be computerized, it has to be backed up by paper ballots, which have to be subject to being counted by hand. You know, we'll go back to yes. those days in Florida where the hand yes. is But at least people counted them. You can uh, count votes in one night. Yeah. It's not that hard. Yeah, everything is. And, and if it's two nights or three nights, big deal. We're, we're too impatient. Uh, you know, there were times when it took a week to determine an outcome of an election. It's better to do that and be right. slow and be certain than to be quick and then have doubts raised about computers. So I'm, I'm on your side. I think every computerized ballot should be backed up by a paper ballot. Professor Dershowitz, I wanted to pivot to a major New York State court ruling. The New York State Supreme Court reinstated all employees fired for being unvaccinated. Uh, It even ordered back pay. What is your reaction to that ruling? Well, it's not surprising. What often happens in these situations is that while the crisis is ongoing, courts usually stay out of it. But now that it looks like the pandemic hopefully is on the way out, hope there isn't a new one coming in, then courts can more thoughtfully evaluate the situation 
And, you know, people should not be fired. Uh, you, you can have certain situations where you have an obligation to wear a mask or an obligation to be vaccinated. But in general, there shouldn't be consequences for people who are prepared to make their own decisions, foolish as those decisions might be. I think everybody should be vaccinated and everybody should wear a mask. But that that has to be an individualized decision, except in extreme cases. Professor, what the uh, state Supreme Court justice ruled was that was beyond the power of the mayor to issue an executive order on that. And it was beyond Mm -hmm. the power of the commissioner of the Department of Health to. uh, to 100 percent right. And, uh, you know, literally in March. March of 2000, I wrote an article saying governors don't have the power. Mayors don't have the power. Presidents don't have the power. It's the legislature that has the power. And we're seeing that challenge now from the top down. We're seeing presidential orders being challenged, obviously. The uh, loan uh, uh, ending. Everyone had pandemic power. That is being challenged. We have to make sure we keep to to our separation of powers. Legislatures legislate, executives enforce the law, and the judiciary determines whether the laws are unconstitutional. But we have too much executive legislation, too much power to mayors, too much power to governors, too much power to presidents. And that has then, to go then back Alan, uh, what did you yeah. think of the uh, the state of emergency declared by Governor Cuomo, and then every thirty days he renewed it for uh, the rest of the time that he was there? But what do you just think of the legal aspect of the governor taking that power? You know, in in the nineteen seventies, I wrote a long law review article about. Uh, emergency powers. It was based on Canada declaring a war emergency act after somebody was kidnapped by the uh, Quebec uh, liberation, whatever. Uh, emergency powers are overused. Martial law is overused. Um, we, we should reserve those extraordinary powers for wartime, for times of great, great crisis. They shouldn't be used uh, as a substitute. It, for It's funny, in the New York State convers- uh, uh, Constitution, one of the great crises that they cite is our forest fires. That was a big deal back in the late 1700s. I can imagine. I can imagine. And look, uh, I have a letter, a handwritten letter, uh, dictated by George Washington in the hand of Alexander Hamilton, who was his 22-year-old assistant, saying, we're not going to lose the war to the British, but we may lose the war to smallpox. And therefore, every single member of the armed forces has to be vaccinated and they were primitive vaccinations back then but here's Um, george washington in in 1777 same problem we need that yeah alan dershowitz thank you so much for coming on and thank you for all the wisdom you give the american people and we'll catch up with you again real soon thank you it's cats at night on the red apple podcast network This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.